Hey friends, we missed the first couple minutes of the sermon on Sunday, um, so we're just going to review that real quick and then it'll splice in. So, I'll pretend you are all in the room and you pretend that you're listening to me talk to all of you in the room. Uh, we started out and I talked about how last week in our sermon series, we started looking at how God speaks to us. We looked at John chapter 10, verse 27, uh, where Jesus, who is known as the good shepherd, Jesus said this. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. And notice right there, um, Jesus says, my sheep, that's you and me, um, my people, right? His people. He, say we, he says, we listen. He says that we hear his voice. Now, this is a promise that Jesus makes. We hear his voice and he leads us. And if we are going to have a relationship with God that is in any sense personal, then we really have to be open to the possibility that God wants to have a relationship where he will speak to us directly. And we're going to talk more about that this morning in just a bit. But first of all, God invites us to have that kind of closeness with him. Um, Imagine doing our life with Jesus. Now, just to get started here, I have a confession to make. And my confession is this. Um, I have spent too many years trying to figure out life on my own. I mean, we have the option to do life with Jesus, but I've tried to spend so much time, and I still catch myself trying to do life on my own. And part of the deal is that life is so complex and there is so much to learn. There's so much that we think we need to be good at if we're going to, you know, keep up, keep up with other people, keep up with other parents, keep up with other relationships, keep up with other, you name it, right? And, and I read a lot. I have a stupidly large collection of books. And far too many times I've bought books because it's promised the answer to something else that I'm like, ooh, I need to know more about that or I got to get better at that, right? I, I, I catch myself trying to figure out the latest thing that I need to do in order to, you know, it's the good stuff. Like I need to do more or do stuff to like deepen my spiritual walk uh, or to be a better leader or to be a better husband, father, friend, pastor, you name it. Um, so reading books, attending classes, looking for others, you know, people that seem like they have it figured out and then try to get their secrets. Um, I'll let you in on what life is like for a lot of pastors. We, we, we kind of have a ton of this stuff. Things like we think, well, that other pastor, uh, their church is growing. Like new people are coming every week and, well, they have the greatest web page. So what we need is a new web page, which, by the way, we, we do, but that's another story. Um, or, or sometimes we look at other churches and, and how their budget works and we go, wow, their church budget, that's in really good shape. And, and ours here at Hope, I mean, right now um, for the year, we're behind by about $20,000. Um, so I think they're probably teaching more on finances than we are. So what we need is a three-month series on giving. Um, by the way, at this point, everybody laughed really hard, uh, including me, because I don't think I could sit through a three-month series on giving. So never fear, that one is not going to happen. Um, uh, you know, uh, pastors, we look at other people, their other churches, and say, hey, everybody at their church, they're engaged in serving, so we need to do, you know, just fill in the blank, just on and on down the line, blah, 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 it's... It's actually a little embarrassing. Sometimes it's pretty dumb. Um, but the truth is it doesn't just happen with church stuff. It doesn't just happen with pastors. 
Um, just think about your life. Uh, parents here. Like parenting is complex, isn't it? And those of you who are parents, do you ever notice other parents, they seem to be doing a good job raising their kids and you think to yourself, well, what do they do that I'm not doing? Like their kids are in sports or they're in dance or their kids are in chess or robotics. Maybe, maybe I need to add that to the crazy long list of what we are already doing in our household. Or like me, I'll walk away from a conversation with someone, they seem to be really super successful and I'll think, you know, that person, they seem really well-rounded and they must read a lot. Maybe I'm not reading enough. I should read more. Um, or, or I hear somebody that has their financial plan that's just rock solid, their retirement set, it's all rolling along. And I quickly jump to, well, that person spends a lot of time managing their money. I, I should do that, right? I mean, we do this stuff all the time in so many areas. It's monitoring and assessing and comparing and adjusting, trying to find the keys to make life work. And life is so complex, it seems impossible. And really, we start getting piled up with all these complexities of life that we're supposed to be really good at, and we end up with this really long list of stuff to be on top of. But the only lasting fruit, all of this complexity, um, all these demands seem to bear, is that it ties us up in knots. It, it, it puts us in an anxious place um, about, about what we should be doing, about what we're not doing, and the things that we are not doing that we should be doing. And so we just should on ourselves, right? And, and when we should on ourselves, it's full of shame, and we end up walking around um, with lots of shoulds in our life, and we're knee-deep in a pile of shoulds, and... It's not good for us, right? We sit around and, and no matter what we're doing in the moment, we can get distracted by, well, am I, am I supposed to be reading right now or, or writing a plan for church growth? Or am I supposed to be exercising right now or monitoring my fat intake? Or am I supposed to be creating a teachable moment with my child? Or, or am I supposed to be planning a date night? Now, in the room, I'm sure, you know, all the ladies would be agreeing with what you need to be doing is planning a date night, Right? Which, which I'm grateful that that was the response in the room because, you know, if they looked at me and were like, Doug, you need to be monitoring your fat intake, that might have hurt my feelings just a little bit. But there is so much, so much stuff that we get piled up with. Um, ready for some good news? Here's some good news. Mastering that long list won't work. Here's how John Eldridge says it. And, and John Eldridge, by the way, wrote a great book called Walking with God that I highly recommend. And um, some of the stuff that I'm saying today is pulled from things that I've learned from him, uh, as well as Dallas Willard, John Ortberg, Dave Johnson, kind of my standard folks that are really good at this. Uh, and there's a long list of others. But, but when it comes to mastering a long list of life, um, John Eldridge says this. He says, you can't figure out life like that. You can't possibly master enough principles and disciplines to ensure that your life works out. And this is even better. You weren't meant to, and God won't let you. For he knows, God knows, that if we succeed without him, we will be infinitely further from him. Right? Because... If we could figure it all out, if we could amass enough information and even wisdom to make it all happen, we would come to believe dreadful things about the universe, 
We would start to believe if we could make this all work, we'd think, well, you know what? I can make it on my own. And we'd start to think, hey, all I have to do is try harder. And if I have enough self-effort, I can succeed. So I just need to try harder. But friends, that whole approach to life where we spend all our effort trying to figure it out to get on top of our game, it's utterly godless. Meaning entirely without God. See, God is nowhere to be found in those striving efforts to master all of life's questions and complexity. We just try to figure it out, right? So it's actually good news that you can't figure it all out. You can't figure it all out on your own. Now, here's the better news. That was good news, but here's the better news. You don't have to. You don't have to figure it all out because God wants to walk with you. He wants to be your guide. He wants to show you and teach you what to do. God actually wants to do life with you. He can help you know where to put your energy and focus. He can help guide you into what to pick up and what to let go of. He he can show you what it's time to focus on learning and what to set aside until later. Friends, the pressure is off. And isn't that great news to live? But seriously, seriously, it's all available through our Father, through the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about this, friends. If, if you knew that in any question you have for life, the opportunity, you had the opportunity to develop a conversational intimacy with the wisest, with the kindest, with the most generous person in the world, wouldn't it make more sense to spend our time with that person as opposed to, you know, say, just like trying to figure it out on my own, just kind of schlepping through every challenge with whatever I can figure out? Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather have Jesus? So our, our theme the past few messages has been to listen for the voice of God, and, and it's really a crucial piece of someone's life that wants to follow Jesus. See, following Jesus is more than just saying a prayer so that you get to go to heaven when you die. <laughs> what about before then? Just be a good person? No, no, no. He wants to walk you into life. He wants a relationship with you, with me. And this is available to each of us to have a conversational, ongoing relationship with God. You know, have you ever heard the saying before? Um, this is kind of a... Not sure where the proverb comes from, not from the Proverbs in the Bible, but it's just the saying, give someone a fish and you feed them for a day. You know this one? Teach someone to fish and you feed them for the rest of their life, right? You heard that before, right? Give somebody a fish, you feed them for a day, but you teach someone to fish, you feed them the rest of their life. And I think that that saying holds true in many areas of life. It holds true with with parenting, with schooling, with workplace, with, with relief and development work in other countries. Um, but it also holds true, I think, for how we live the Christian life, how we learn to walk with God. Think of it this way. If we were just to give someone an answer to their problem, well, here's your problem, well, here's the answer to the problem, here's the rule, here's the principle, you will help them solve one problem, Right? 
Thus, the very popular um, books that are sold all over the place and, and the constant consuming we do uh, of the gospel of tips and techniques and principles and propositions, right? We are overrun with that stuff in the church and in our world. Just we consume more and more information from the so-called experts and we just try to stay on top of it all. We're just looking for somebody to give us another fish and fix our current stressor, but give a man a fish and keep going back for more because you got to have it again and again and again. See, right? Give a man an answer and you solve one problem. But as, uh, again, John Eldridge, and he wrote a great book called Walking with God that I would really encourage you guys to to pick up. Uh, He says this, if you teach someone to walk with God, well, then you've helped them solve the rest of their life. Right? Think of all the areas where it's impossible to amass all the wisdom that we think we need But if we learn to walk with God, then it can help us to solve the rest of our life. He goes on and says, when we learn to walk with God, we tap into an inexhaustible source of guidance, comfort, and protection. So it's more than just information or data or guidance. There is so much more in this relationship with God. So we teach someone, we learn ourselves, we learn together how to walk with God, and we can solve the rest of our life. Isn't that thought just a relief? Like, I don't have to be on top of everything. And that whatever the situation in life is, like whatever job we have, knowing that our most pressing need, our deepest need as human beings is to learn to walk with God, to hear his voice, to follow him intimately. And so today, again, I want to pick up on what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks on hearing God speak. And I just want to say up front, it's available and we really need it. Now here at Hope Covenant, we talk a lot about having an actual relationship with God. Um, we're not here just to, you know, play church or to check off the religious box. No, we want to know God. We want to be in a relationship with God. And so a couple of weeks ago, in the flow of our messages where we're following in our series, what we've been doing is following what happened after Jesus rose from the dead, these different stories. But we landed on this prayer, an invitation for each of us to create some quiet place in our life during the week, to stop, to slow down, to pray this prayer, speak to me, God, I am listening. And then we listen to see if and what we're hearing. And this is something we learn, this is something we cultivate. And so last week I felt prompted to kind of you know, hang out on this for a couple of weeks and look at some more practical ways to cultivate learning to hear from God. And last week, I'll admit, you, if you were here, you laugh with me here. Um, I was crazy enough to think we could cover like three of the primary ways that we hear from God. You know, in one message, I thought, you know, hey, we're going to hit all three of these. It's going to be amazing. So we, we talked quite a bit about the first one here, uh, hearing God through the word of God and what that can look like, what that can sound like. We started talking about the second one. We hear from God through the spirit of God, how he speaks through the spirit. Um, and my intention was, you know, I'm going to wrap that second one up today. Let's, you know, I went last week. Yeah, that's not going to work. I'm just going to try to finish this next week, which is this week. And then, of course, the more questions and conversations I had with people here and the more uh, great input I got from folks, I went, okay, this might actually go another week. So um, my guess is that maybe we'll get to the third one next week, or maybe we'll just skip it all together. But, but um, <laughs> because as I studied and just wrote and prayed and talked with some of you, 
I, I just became keenly aware of the importance of a church body, a community of people that are following Jesus together to really learn that this category of hearing God speak to us is a real one and it's an important one. And so we want to cultivate this and learn to hear him speak, which is one of the assumptions that I'm making. And you can listen to why uh, if you want to go back in the podcast if you weren't here last week. But one of the assumptions I have is that we are in a relationship with God and it's one where he communicates to and speaks with us. Um, but, but how do we get to that place where we learn to walk with God in a way that has this conversational intimacy going on? Because I, I do also believe that, that hearing God's voice, hearing him speak to us, is something that is available as the normal part of every follower of Jesus Christ's life. It's available. Like, it's not just this luxury reserved for those who live back in Bible times. And it's not just, you know, the special category for the so-called super spiritual people in our day and age. No, no, no. Yeah, everybody, anyone can have this. And so the question, like, how do, okay, then how would we even cultivate that? And what are the categories um, and some of the ways that God speaks to us? Now, I am aware that, and I was actually, we're a little behind, so I was going to pause and, and hear from you guys for some different ways, but we'll uh, have to have you save that for after church, um, uh, just to keep us moving ahead here. But some of the ways that we hear from God, I've heard lots of you talk about different ways that God speaks to us. Um, now, I'm also aware that some of us, this is kind of a brand new idea for us, like, what, God would actually speak to me, Right. Um, and I know that there's some of you who have been followers of Jesus way longer than me that, that have way more experience than I do in this as well. But some of the ways that, that I um, heard some of you and, and, and made a short list of different ways that we hear God speak, um, uh, we talked about this one last week, we hear a word of, uh, through Scripture. Through the Word of God, God says something that applies to our life or situation, right? So that's one way. Uh, for some of us, there are very clear words of direction where we heard God speak something very clear and undeniable, and we followed that. Um, maybe a way to go forward that God pointed or directed us to. Some of you have talked about that as well. Some of you talked about, you know, sometimes when I needed to know what to do, God just gave me peace about moving that way, and that's a really great way. Um, some of you talked about how a word from God or how he speaks, sometimes through nature or creation, which is a wonderful one. Some of you said, hey, sometimes the way God speaks to me is he opens the door or he closes the door. Anybody have that happen before? Like, yeah, door's open, door's shut. That's how it works, yeah. Um, some, some of us, maybe this is unfamiliar for others, but maybe God has spoken through a dream. Um, and others have said, yeah, God spoke to me through another Christian, through the people of God, and maybe we'll cover that one some more next week. But with the rest of our time this morning, just want to go a little more in depth on hearing God speak to us through the Spirit of God. And again, I want to clarify this. I've said it already. I'm going to say it a few times. This category here is not just reserved for the elite or leaders or missionaries or people that are more holy or spiritual than you or me. It's because if you and I are eager and open to God, if we are open, he will sometimes even surprise us at really unlikely times like when we're wandering around doing something, or in our own prayer time, um, this simple prayer that we've been praying the past few weeks where we've been saying, speak to me, God, I am listening, and then we get quiet. Anybody pray that prayer the last couple weeks at all? Okay, some of us, yeah. I'm gonna encourage all of us to join in on that in this next week here. Um, but Heidi and I, we've been doing that, and, and um, 
one of the things that happened this morning, Heidi was just not praying about anything or thinking about anything in particular, and God spoke to her about someone in our church um, to help us out with a need that we have uh, in, in, our, in our office. And I thought, well, I know that person, actually, my, I thought, um, I think that person had said they couldn't do anything because of their other job, and so they wished they could help, but they couldn't. And so I wasn't going to ask the person to help, but Heidi, not knowing that, she really kind of heard this and offered it up to me, and I thought, well, there we go, we'll have an example of how God doesn't always speak to my wife. But I said, yeah. So I followed up on it, and it turns out that this person actually had been praying and waiting for God to give them, like, an assignment for something else to do. And so that was pretty miraculously cool. Like, and she wasn't specifically pay- praying for that situation even. God just went, huh. And so we saw that happen. Um, so that's one way it can happen. Another way, so I was hiking on Monday morning. Sometimes I like to try to get out and just get absolute quiet and I like to hike and pray and listen. And so I was not focused on anything in particular. And uh, I prayed this, speak to me. God, I'm listening prayer uh, as I have been multiple times a day this week. And this time, <clears throat> this is not what I was expecting God to say. But he said to me, hey, Doug, um, you know, there's an area in your heart that you've gone through some help and some counseling. But you've had some, some, some wounding there that it's time for you to look at that again. I was like, what, what, what? Nah, that's not God, right? Um, and so again, speak to me, God, I'm, I'm listening. And he continued, I said, okay, so say more about that, God, if you have something more to say, that's probably enough, but okay, say. Um, and he pointed at this area and said, uh, and Doug, it's actually hurting your relationship with your wife and it's hurting your relationship with your son. I was like, Okay, so God, are you just going to zap me right here, or am I going to have to, you know, like, work through this, and I'm going to have to work through this? But again, I wasn't even thinking about that area, but when I got quiet, there was something that God wanted to talk to me about. So, um, again, to clarify here, if you weren't here, when God speaks to us through the Spirit of God, this is where you sense God speaking to your heart, uh, maybe nudging you or prompting you. Um, Romans 8.11 says the spirit of Jesus lives inside of us now. So that's why it's an internal voice. And that's how God speaks to us. It's this internal inner voice where his spirit lives. Lots of people get confused. They go, well, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Well, that's because that's not typically how God does it, right? It's his spirit in us speaking. And so it sounds from inside of us because that's where it's coming from. Now, this can also get really tricky because this is really subjective, right? When, when, when God speaks through his word, through the Bible, that takes a little interpretation, but at least you can see it on the page. But when we think we're hearing something from God, um, that takes a little more trust, uh, maybe a little more skill, maybe some discernment, right? Like, it's not that easy to even know, okay, was that me? Was that God? Was that something else? Was that a different, uh, was it the pizza from last night? Who, well, you know, right? It's like, what was it? Um, because we do have to have some caution around this. People say all sorts of wacky stuff in the name of, well, the Lord spoke to me and told me, right? And, and you've probably seen situations where somebody just slaps that God label on it and says it's God speaking. Um, and so we said last week, just don't do that here at Hope, right? You say, well, I think maybe God is saying this. What do you think? Like, be humble and open, right? Be very careful if you're going to communicate this to other people. 
um, because sometimes people can be very damaging in what they say God spoke and told them. Um, I have a friend who lost his wife a number of years ago. Uh, He was from the last church I was at. I had been out of that church um, for a little while, but his wife um, had a horrible car accident. And while she was in intensive care and things didn't look good, some very well-intended people started to prophesy and give words that the Lord said she's gonna fully recover. Well, they have five children and she didn't recover. She passed away. Now, the Lord said, I mean, you have to be so careful because the damage it can do. Those five kids, that did not help them at all in their spiritual walk to have those new questions introduced. So again, we have to be so careful and the temptation can be because we see people say and do wacky stuff Um, I could list a bunch. I'm going to just stop myself right here, right? Um, We see people do and say wacky stuff and slap the God label, God told me label on it. It makes us pause. We might even go, hey, listen, you know what? Forget it. God God didn't speak through them, and so he mustn't speak at all. I'm just not going to bother listening. It's too dicey, too dangerous. And so I, I would say to that response, I get it, and I've lived there before, but, but, but we do need to be aware, right? Okay, listen, let's be aware that people sometimes misuse this and put the name of God on stuff, and it ain't God, okay? People sometimes make huge mistakes when they think they hear from God, and it's not. Um, and we ourselves, like, we want to be watching so we don't fall in the trap of saying, well, God told me, right? So all of that is good caution, but... Friends, we can't afford to ignore this entire category because there's some danger in it, some things to navigate. We go, I don't want any of that, right? If we want to actually have an intimate relationship with God, we can't ignore this category because he will walk with us. He will direct us. And that's why we want to genuinely learn to listen and listen and and listen for God to speak to us Um, because that's what happens in relationships, right? Right? In relationships, think about this relationship. Jesus calls us his friends, right? John 15, 15, I'm no longer calling you servants. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything. I call you friends. It's a relationship that we have with Jesus. Now, think about your friendships. Friendships, you know, they have, you know, like conversations, right? Don't they? Okay, I'm not friends with some of you, I guess. It's weird, but... Um, oh, let me put it this way. Can you imagine any friendship where there is no communication whatsoever? Can you imagine that? No communication. Like if you were, were going to go and meet up with two friends for coffee and you knew that they had arrived at the Starbucks for an hour before you got there, then you finally get there and you sit down and you ask them, so, guys, what have you been talking about? And they say, nothing. You look and go, Nothing? Now, by the way, this is possible with men, so this isn't a... But they say, nothing? And they say, yeah, nothing. We don't talk to each other, but we're really good friends. It's like, eh, okay, yeah. Or or try it this way. Uh, What would you think um, about if a dad that you asked the question to, you said, hey, uh, dad, what have you been talking to your children about lately? And he goes, well, nothing. I don't talk to them, but I love them very much. Wouldn't you say that the relationship is you know, missing something? There's no conversation. And aren't you a child of God? Right? First, in John chapter 1, it says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, God gave the right to become children of God. 
So Jesus offers us friendship. And you are a child of the Father. These are relationships. Certainly God wants to speak to you, friend and father, in other ways that he relates. Now, I know, I'm not unaware, that there's a kind of prevailing belief in our culture that God only speaks to people through the Bible. And so let me make this really clear. God does speak to us, first and foremost, through the Bible. This is the basis for our relationship, right? We talked about that last week. God speaks through his word. And I said, hey, if you think you're hearing from God in another way that contradicts what the Bible says, that's not God speaking, right? Any other revelation that's, you know, from God that contradicts the Bible, that's not to be trusted because it's not God speaking. He would not disagree with his word. So when I do encourage us to go you know, in addition to the word of God, to hear from the spirit of God that happens and speaks inside of us, I am not minimizing or discounting in any way the authority of scripture or the fact that God speaks to us through the Bible. The problem though, the problem is, is that many Christians believe that the only way God speaks to us is through the Bible. But ironically, that's not what the Bible itself teaches. And we looked at some scriptures for that last week as well. But, but, but even notice just this, how the Bible works and what the Bible is. Like the Bible is filled, filled with stories of God talking to people. And so if God doesn't also speak to us, why would he have given us all these stories of him speaking to others? Right? I mean, that'd be like, you know, okay, here we go. We're going to give you a book where there's hundreds of inspiring stories about how God spoke to people in other situations. Isn't this amazing? Aren't these amazing stories? Oh, oh, but by the way, you can't have that. God doesn't do that anymore. I mean, that, that would be, <laughs> that just, to me, that makes no sense at all, even how the Bible's written. Why would God write a book, give us a book, where he's communicating, hey, this is how I used to relate to my people, but I don't do that anymore. Like, what good would a book like that ultimately do? It'd be like giving you the owner's manual for a Chevy when you drive a Honda. I mean, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, you know, Scripture, again, it's, it's a book of examples of what it looks like to walk with God. We go, oh, that's possible. It can be done that way. Oh, it could look like this. Oh, this is what a relationship with God still might look like. And so to say that God doesn't offer conversational relationship with us anymore, that would be confusing because it doesn't square with Scripture, and it'd also be unbiblical because the Bible teaches that we hear God's voice. And again, we hear that and go, well, I'm just not that spiritual, right? It, is this something just for the super spiritual? No, not at all. In fact, let's, I, I missed something in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. I read this verse last week, but I missed a few things in here when I looked back at it. Um, here's the scripture. Jesus is speaking. He says, here I am. Let's read this out loud together. It's up on the screen. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So, Jesus here is speaking and he makes an offer. Who is the offer for? Anyone. That would include you. You fit into anyone? Okay, just checking here. Anyone can hear his voice. Anyone, anyone. And what does he say? Um, he says, if anyone what? Hears my voice, right? As in... Here's my voice. 
<laughs> like he's speaking, right? And here's cool. If, if Jesus, so Jesus says, if anyone responds to his voice and his knocking, what will he do? I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So even think about that part of the picture, eating, sharing a meal. It's this act of communion. It's an offer of friendship. That's what you do with friends. You sit together. And Jesus basically here is saying, hey, he wants to pull up a chair. He wants to linger at our table. He wants to talk to us. He wants to be close with us. He wants intimacy with us. Now, intimacy requires communication. Some of you wives have been telling your husband that for a long time. So, um, <clears throat> But intimacy right, requires communication, and God speaks to his people. God wants us to have this close relationship, and we want to cultivate the ability to hear him when he speaks to us. In fact, when God does speak to us in kind of this still, small voice sort of way, it's something that over time we learn to trust, to discern, like, oh, that was God. Oh, I don't think that was God. It takes time, right? But if we begin doing it, the Spirit of God will teach you and will speak to you. And sometimes when God speaks to you, again, it can be so many things that he'll say or speak. Sometimes he's warning you about something. Sometimes he's preparing you. And when it comes, it's not always clear in the moment. Like I have a friend who, who was fairly cultivated and practiced in learning how to hear from God speak. And he and his uh, wife, she didn't want to be married. Uh, both of them were, were, were Christians. And um, um, the counselor they went to see knew that both of them had this category of knowing how to hear from God. And so the counselor asked them in one of the first sessions of counseling, hey, I want both of you to go and, you know, different places here for a little bit. Just get quiet before God. Ask him to speak uh, about the next six months of counseling that they were about to undergo. Now, the husband wanted to save the marriage, and he heard something very clearly. He didn't share this with his wife, but he heard something really clearly. What he heard was, uh, hey, your marriage might not work out the way you are wanting it to, but I want you to go through this counseling process anyway and trust me. Now, his heart was broken. Um, he hoped, oh man, I hope I'm hearing wrong. And he just put that word on the shelf. He didn't share it with his wife or the counselor, which was wise, right? The Lord told me, you don't want to do that, right? She had her own relationship with God to be responsible for. And sadly, their marriage didn't make it. The wife made other choices. But later, this, this husband, he looked back at what God had spoke to his heart he remembered and he realized that by doing the work, by addressing his own issues, by owning his stuff, God had shaped and changed his heart, which helped him to better deal with the loss of his marriage later on. Now, that one's way out there probably for a lot of us. And so um, if you ever get something that seems that huge, I've heard very wise pastors recommend that with that kind of stuff, don't let it drive your decisions. Right? Can you see how that would have been harmful? Like, uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to put that one on the shelf. Because if he would have said, well, God said it's not going to work, I'm out of here, right? So don't let words from God drive, like, major decisions. Uh, wisdom would be just, you know, do, you know, kind of put this, some of these things that you'll hear from God, maybe even about your future, just put that stuff on the back um, burner, maybe, you know, put it on a shelf somewhere, or put it in your back pocket, and then later... Those things are helpful to look back at, and when something does or doesn't happen, then you can pick up the conversation um, with God. 
Like the guy in the last story, he's like, okay, God, is there something more you want me to know? Is there a reason that you told me that? And then he might continue the conversation. So sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes there's different ways that this stuff happens. But again, especially because I gave you that kind of dramatic last example there, if we're not experienced with this kind of listening, it can be really hazardous to say, all right, God, I'm going to start listening to you, and I'm going to start with these massive life-altering decisions, right? Where should I work? Where should we move to? Where do... <laughs> careful, just be careful. Um, when you're learning to hear the Spirit of God speak to you, don't just sit there listening, you know, God, I just need these big life-changing questions answered. Don't, don't start there. Because far too often I've found myself, you know, treating my conversations with God like a crystal ball. Okay, God, what are we going to do here? What's next? What's going to happen in the future? What's, right? I just, I start to get honed in on these desperate, like, okay, then what? I mean, it's, and, and, and funny, it gets really foggy, and I don't see very clearly, or I don't hear stuff that I'm even sure is God. So while it's good to seek God's guidance uh, or his, his answers, um, the problem with that is if that's the only thing I'm doing, if that's my primary driver, the main thing that I'm coming for, it'd be like, you know, if your kids just came to you, parents, and all they do is ask for stuff. They don't want to relate to you. They don't want to have, you know, time with you. They just are asking for stuff all the time. So we do need guidance. We do want answers. But remember, this is primarily about cultivating an intimate relationship with God, about being a friend of God, about walking with God and being close to his heart. And when we do that, it looks very different to approach this as a relationship and a friendship with God. Okay, one more thing before we kind of move toward the close here. Um, I said it twice last week, a couple times this week. Very important, again, if you think you're hearing something from God, right? Okay, Scripture is the foundation of hearing from God because if what you think you're hearing contradicts Scripture, it's not God, okay? So we've got to go with the Word of God every time, right? So this is important because um, like the husband or the, the wife that I know of who told her husband, well, God doesn't want me to end this adulterous relationship I'm having with this other man. no. Sorry, sorry, lady, right? Sorry, lady. Uh, the Bible's really clear about that one already. So whatever you're hearing, you know, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, people try to, oh, God said, yeah. right? It's not valid if it doesn't line up with Scripture. All right, let me um, kind of wrap up with this thought. Again, friends, hearing from God, it's not reserved for the super spiritual. Right? Any of us can cultivate this. I mean, I'm a goof. I fail frequently. I get angry and cynical and crabby. I struggle with a whole host of junk. And if God will speak to me, it's evidence that he will speak to anyone. Amen? <laughs> so for us to cultivate this ongoing conversation, this relationship with God where we start to learn to hear his voice and recognize um, where he's at work, it takes time. If there's trial and error, right? Um, it also takes the wisdom of those who have gone before us and done it longer than we have. But however you move into it, friends, just be confident of this. God wants an intimate relationship with you. He's a good father. Yes. He wants to speak with you. Yes, he wants to guide you, but more than that, he wants to love you. There's so many times I come to him, I got all these big questions. God, I need answers, I need guidance. But he's not talking about that. So I have to go, okay, what do you want to talk about? And listen for what he's saying. Sometimes he's just loving me. Like I was looking at, and I'm, I'm glad Noah went out to help with the teenagers here because I forgot to ask permission. I didn't think he was going to be here this morning. So um, we'll edit this out of the podcast. 
so I remember one time I was looking at Noah, I was very concerned, he was sleeping, and I was just, you know, just troubled and thinking about his life and how much I love him, but like, how would, what, God, what do we do? And suddenly God started speaking to me there. And, and as I'm looking at my son, God says, hey, Doug, I love Noah. <clears throat> I love him even more than you love him. And Doug, I love you even more than you love your own son. God says, I'm your father and I'm Noah's father and I watch over you. I protect for both of you. I provide for both of you. I care for both of you. And that moment, it was such a gift hearing God speak that way. And so again, wherever you're at on your relationship with God, your walk with God, I just wanna say, friends, there's more. There is more. God wants there to be more. He wants to meet with you and to be close to you, to do life with you, to speak to you. And this isn't about like, okay, I'm gonna get really serious and be a serious super Christian now. No, 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 no. This is not, God doesn't like you more if you do this and less if you don't. It's not earning some status with God. No, no, no. He loves you as you are. But there's this available stuff. Like, wouldn't we want it? This a relationship with God, it's there to hear. Wouldn't we want that? Because it is available. How incredible that ordinary human beings, you and me, we can walk with God. We can hear his voice. We can even learn to have conversations with the God of the universe. It's amazing. Troy, will you come? Again, our simple invitation this morning to each and every one of us is this. Will we open ourselves to hearing from God? Will we just open up our hearts in the coming days and weeks in our day-to-day routine? And I'm just gonna invite us again to pray this prayer this week. Pray it today, pray it daily, pray it whenever it comes to mind. But if we will just even ask, speak to me, God, I'm listening. Just speak to me, God. Having that openness, that invitation, it's amazing how he'll respond. There's no formula. There's not a 100% guarantee. No, no, no. But he will speak. He will speak. Let's pray. God. Thank you that you do speak. And maybe this morning you're even speaking some specific things to us, even as um, Troy and the team play this song that we, we'll just sit and, and let it soak in. But, but God, will you quiet the fear? Will you quiet the noise of doubt, the shouting of pain? the shouting of confusion, those voices that seem louder than your voice and make it hard for us to hear when you are speaking. Will you help us to silence those voices because we wanna hear your voice. Will you give us eyes to see? Will you give us ears to hear and help us tune in and hear what you're saying to us today? In Jesus' name.